Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. Get a deal with coke. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Well, Joe Biden is, was like the poorest senator uh, in the Senate at the time when he was uh, appointed. I think he still, I think he actually has maintained that reputation up until becoming uh, vice president. President was he's, he was always the poorest senator uh, in the in the in Congress because he's so bad. <laughs> at being a corrupt politician yeah that the only the only payoffs joe biden ever gets is like a house but like a shitty like it's a mansion but it's like a bag of jelly beans no it's no it's like it's like a it's like a house that costs like you know two and a half million dollars um but is still a fixer-upper you know what i mean (laughs) i i think it's you know i think his price is lower than that i think it's like hey joe we got we got a dark chocolate Milky Way. A hey Joe, Way? we got we got a windbreaker with your windbreaker. name on it. <laughs> it's, got your is, di- it, is it a brighter or just screen printed? Oh, it's screen printed. <laughs> Give me the windbreaker. Give me the windbreaker. <laughs> He's like so excited. He's so excited <laughs> about it. He's like, I sent my son to the burn pits for nothing. <laughs> oh, I Give do love that when people are like, Joe Biden's actually, you know, we can't we can't judge his past behavior uh you know because he's changed he's progressed so much it's like you know he spoke for three hours on the senate floor urging people to vote to invade iraq (laughs) after after it was known that the information we had was shaky at best it's uh he has not gotten more progressive well no yeah he he went from advocating to fund al-qaeda to advocating to fund Nazi Al Qaeda, so <laughs> we're basically the same boat. It's just the country's a little easier to pronounce for people uh, in the United States, but uh, equally as hard to find on a map, apparently. Oh well, I mean, you know, we're not good at maps. We're not good at maps. Ter- terrible at maps, math, learning. Quick, Justin, name five African nations. Uh, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Republic of the Congo. Uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe. All right, Tyler, name five more. I no idea. Exactly. See, we burned out. That's how, yeah. You're like in your head. You're like, don't say it. Don't say. Uh, what? Don't what? say what, Colin? No, like, <laughs> Niger. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, it's not my fault. They named it. I mean, I did they? Who named it? That's what I, I want to know. know. Who's naming countries nowadays? Who? I mean, like, 
yeah, well, like turkeys, committee turkeys for that. renaming themselves. Well, the turkeys not renaming kind of... Turkey. Turkey's name has it has been the same <laughs> since the Ottomans. It's still Turkey. It's just it's you know. just. It's just now they're like, please spell it correctly so you stop making these very low-hanging fruit jokes. They're just trying to make comedy more difficult, which I appreciate. It's too easy for people nowadays. That's why nobody's funny. Put turkey jokes. Hey, man. I love a good turkey joke. But honestly, it's it's funnier if you make jokes about their very precarious uh, geopolitical situation. And them their, uh, secretly being Mongolia. president. <laughs> Secretly being Mongolia. Secretly being Mongolia. I take that back. Uh, obviously, Recep Erdogan and myself, we've had a long and oh, yeah, colorful sorry. history yeah, of together. Wanna... Of course, I mean, he knows I'm ribbon. He knows I'm joking. He, that's, I mean, I'm the one who recommended changing the spelling. So it's, You've got that, that kind of relationship with him. You know, you, me can, and... you, can, you can give him a little, give him a little yeah, shit. Yeah, me and... <laughs> What's, what even would you give him as a nickname, right? Like, what, what could you even... You'd have to assume, right, that if you're, like, an American... If I was going to be the Dennis Rodman to Turkey's North Korea, if that was going to be my role, like, we'd have to get in really tight. Do you think he likes basketball? Do you think... Er- I feel like Erdogan could hoop. I, f- I mean, maybe. maybe. Not, maybe How not tall personally. is Erdogan? Uh, he's probably, like, five foot even. Uh, but maybe, like... He's got a little if, Charles Barkley in him? If we, play, if we shoot some hoops, like, maybe we just do free throw contests. Just play, like, pig... Or we could play Turkey, and it's like <laughs> that's a really long. All right, so uh, you know I've I've missed four shots in the row, so that's umlaut for me. You're up, Erdy. Uh. Erdy. <laughs> See, I'm just over here trying to think of bad sandwich jokes. All right. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> Colin's just like all right. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. All right. Moving yeah, it's good. Good on. enough time to start the show. Um. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to another episode of Worst in the Industry, the show where we three boxes bereft of packing peanuts attempt to fill ourselves with truth to be shipped out direct to you, the consumer. My name is Justin Flatrate St. Peter, and to my left... It's Colin Stanley. I'm banning assault weapons in America so that we have more to send to Ukraine. To my left... Uh, my name's Tyler, and yeah, I don't, I don't have an intro. All right. Yep. That's, Deal with it. We'll work Deal with on it, it, cucks. No, nope. uh, much. We won't. Much no, like yes, Az- we will. Uh, nope, much like the Azov Battalion removing their insignia, Tyler is also going incognito mode for this episode. Yeah, I'm uh, just. I'll slide in there every once in a while, maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Tyler's getting a wolf sangle tattoo lasered off his back today. So. <laughs> yeah, it hurt real bad. <laughs> Better than getting another one put on. <laughs> No, oh, you need to get a bigger, a bigger one. one. A bigger one. <laughs> uh, today, we will be talking about one of an alarming number of families working largely behind the scenes in American politics, but right in every one of our homes and businesses, openly, proudly, and often without any scrutiny at all. It's a Justin episode, and since I'm no longer coming down off of powerful psychedelics, this is going to be, you know, an episode instead of what happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm um, really happy you could put words together today. Dude, me too. Um, I'm still happy that I just, like, I, I've, I've got to be honest, I looked at that, that article I sent you guys yesterday, and I still did break down in tears looking at the fucking faces of this stupid goddamn family. <laughs> um, but, let's start this episode off by considering, for a moment, 
the very basic logistical needs of a business. Besides the, you know, uh, instant assumptions that we can make, capital and labor, businesses also need material production supplies. You need your binder clips. You need your plastic wrap. You need tape, tape dispensers, you know, um, boxes for products, fillers for those boxes to ensure safe transit, industrial warning stickers. The list only gets longer and less exciting. The point is, everyone has a need for these supplies and who is providing them. Unless a business has an absolutely massive investment in operational security and is producing everything internally, um, which is wildly impractical, that business will need to go elsewhere. This brings in a whole class of businesses like Uline, a name that if you have worked in warehouses anywhere here in the Midwest, you've probably heard. Oh yeah. I think oh, yeah. it's I do think it's so interesting that even when we talk about like, you know, this period in capitalism that we're in now where so many so many things uh, and so many people are just completely alienated from like material reality and like production as mm -hmm. a concept, right? Like we're you know, America is a consumer economy. The whole point of our economy is to like move value around uh, which used to be tied to real estate for the most part. And then, it, you know, as time goes on, even less and less so tied to that even. Uh, like, even us, like, the most, like, awash, atomized uh, groups in the world, we still, like, the companies that we have, they still need, like, the stage dressing of productivity theater to pretend like they're a real business. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like these hedge funds. The around. Yeah, these hedge funds, which essentially are automated at, at a certain point where it's just like, yeah, one dickhead is making phone calls, but most of what he does is sit in an office playing solitaire all day and uh, trying to keep people from freaking out uh, and yelling at him. Uh, other than that, he's not doing anything, but he still needs a desk full of notebooks and tape and staples and all this other shit that, like, for the most part, uh, only gets used by, like, people dumb enough to believe that they're still doing a, a real job. Yeah. Oh, that's that's why I was thinking about starting up our new business plan as um, Justin buys shit, and then me and Colin sell shit in two separate businesses. And then if somebody comes in trying to sell something, we say, no, you go down the street to Justin. He, he buys the shit, and then we sell the shit. I don't... What would we be buying and selling? It, yes. Things. things. Apparently I'm purchasing things. You're, so we're, yes. we are two halves of a pawn shop? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, Tyler's like... See, no, no, Tyler, no, he's got his real finance bro mind running at high capacity right now. Because Tyler's like... Normally, right, because, like, that's the whole thing, right? That, like, you take you take something and you break it into its constituent pieces so you can make marginally more money on the, the interplay transactions, right? And then you take those pieces and you break them each into multiple pieces so that you can make a little more money all the time weakening the greater structure. Tyler's like, what if a, <laughs> what, what if you wanted to buy something from a store, but you But couldn't. instead it was just two drunk but, Polacks. But they said instead, no, you can't buy anything here. You buy something at the store down the street and then you come back here where then you have to buy it again and we sell it to you. 
<laughs> you're fucking getting it now. It's making money. What do we sell? What do we sell? What do we buy? Anything. Yes. Children. Stuff. Uline products. Uline products. Needful Used Uline products. We're Used a, Uline we products. We are a Uline uh, thrift store where we buy everything from the Uline catalog. We report it damaged in transit. We get a little bit mm-hmm. of a discount and then we mm-hmm. sell it back to you at full price. Well, think about all those free mugs we're getting too, which speaking of which, that's what most people like what most people think about Uline as, you know. It's a catalog that comes in the mail. Or like, you know, it's a, occasionally you get a free mug or something when you order like a few too many trash cans when in one we shipment. Fucking incorporated before we dissolved our business. Uh, they sent me as the registered agent a Uline catalog. Yeah, I got one, and I was so excited when I got it too. I was just like, uh, you know what, I might need a dolly. You know what, if we get twenty five thousand dollars, let's buy this high low. I feel like we could really get some content out of this. It's we gotta get some of these hazmat stickers, throw them up on the bathroom if we ever get an office. I don't think anybody's ever recorded a podcast uh, on top of a forklift. Uh, we can try. We would be the first. I was no, going to say cargo what, container, but that's definitely happened. And then what are they going to do? We're just going to make the killdozer, but a fork. Oh, I'm going to use Uline products dozer? to construct a killdozer. The forkdozer. That's the nice thing about the uh, the wheels on a high-low is that it's not. It's just like a solid material, like you, mm-hmm. which you'd have on like a you know like a bulldozer, not a bulldozer treads. But, like, uh, you know, it's complete. So you can't puncture it, right? Yeah, it's industrial so, equipment. Yes, yeah, so they're basically all-terrain vehicles. You know, <laughs> even, though, even though they're so fucking top-heavy that if you, if you lift a quarter centimeter above the ground, you've just created an industrial accident. You'll kill everybody around you. Anyway. Um, now, like Colin said earlier, um, we've, we've become so disconnected from production in most aspects that this whole class of business exists largely outside, or rather, in the case of this metaphor, underneath the layer of consumer commerce we traffic in ourselves on a daily basis, as they only cater to other businesses. It's, now, so, it's like, what if the business was also the consumer? And it's like that's called wow. a market niche buddy uh that's called uh, accelerating uh destruction i don't know what the term would be we're all dying we're dying we're dying we're dying we're dying, we're dying. please help me we're I'm dying dying, we're dying. dying. <laughs> stop laughing like you're at a cocktail party <laughs> <laughs> the economy. <laughs> the other day, the other day, I had a plebeian walk up to me while I was in my Mercedes Benz. I was driving through, <laughs> You're driving was the Mercedes Benz. Mercedes AMG. I was driving the Mercedes Benz through Birmingham. Stocks and bonds. Stocks and bonds. Yes. <laughs> the futures. Right. I was, I was in my apartheid emerald mind the other day and. I was Mr. thinking, Musk. what if I could fill this tunnel full of burning cars? <laughs> and then I thought, by Jove, I've got it. <laughs> I'll marry Grimes. <laughs> Ugh. Well, right. anyway, I need to go reapply all my hair glue to keep this 
wild animal I've sedated, trapped on my scalp. Now, existing as they do on a layer beneath casual consumption, and... More like Elon Muskrat. God damn it. Oh, sorry, I was waiting. I was waiting to cut. <laughs> existing as they do on a layer beneath casual consumption, and yet linked everywhere to the production of those commodities has allowed the Uline Packaging Company to quietly amass billions, which it funnels into the other Uline family-owned businesses. And yes, I did say Uline family. Now, for those of us who are aware, the business, the, the, the company that you purchase these products from, it is spelled U-L-I-N-E. The family who owns the business is the Uline family, U-I-H-L-E-I-N. It's a pain in the ass to spell, and I've had to spell it a lot in the past few days, so I'm making the distinction. <clears throat> now, I'm getting a, a little bit ahead of myself. Let me talk first about the couple behind Uline. Now, Richard and Elizabeth Uline are a conservative power couple, with Richard coming from Schlitz money. Um, not a direct line descendant, of course, but he, he was a, a distant cousin of the Schlitz family, and uh, that still allowed him plenty of capital to play with when it came to starting the Uline Corporation. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Big shocker. Limp-wristed rich boy comes from more limp-wristed rich boys. Now, I have little to no background on Liz before her marriage to Richard, although I think we can somewhat safely assume that she was, like many middle- and upper-class daughters of her day, simply looking to marry upwards in Richard Uline. You know what they say, women aren't people until they're wives. It's, you know, my first draft of this, I said that she was horse-traded by her father. That's more than likely accurate. I yeah, mean, probably. The Uline family, they're a, they're a bunch of fucking krauts. Oh, yeah. They're, they're piggish krauts from before Germany was humiliated, uh, meaning that they are, uh, you know, square-headed psychos who need to be humiliated. Mm -hmm. um, but they came to America and decided to become even bigger psychos. It's, you know what? It turns out America is a great fucking place to be a psycho. America's like, what if you're the most annoying guy from your village? What if, what if, you, what if you get kicked out of church because you won't shut the fuck up? Come to America and you'll be president. Now, to briefly touch again on these layers of economics that we've already discussed very briefly uh, early on in the podcast... Richard Uline coming from a family that owns production. He comes from the, the, the line of the Schlitz Brewing family, which is a massive brewing operation in Wisconsin. I think Schlitz recently was sold, or not recently, Schlitz was sold in the... Shit, this should have been in my notes. Or when, like, Schlitz came out? Is that what you're asking? No, when Schlitz... Uh... If Schlitz has ever been sold. Yeah, it was, uh, what, sold in 1999 to Pabst Brewing Company. That's it, and then Pabst is now owned by Anheuser-Busch. Oh, sorry, it was bought by... Stro Schlitz was bought by Stroh's in 1982. And oh, then, okay. and then 1999, Pieber got all of it. They got the whole... Yeah. Pieber got Stroh's, and now Anheuser-Busch or Coors owns Stroh's. Or Peeber. Yeah. Whoever it turns out beer's gonna be another episode because it turns out beer's a huge fucking monopoly. 
Beer, honestly, yeah, it's it's a real dark web of lies. It connects the Uline family to the McCain family. In a very direct way, uh, besides just their uh, millions of dollars of political donations. Yeah, they're, besides their psychotic personal predilections and nightmarishly ghoulish politics, there's like actually like a family tree connection. Yeah. <clears throat> Now, um, coming again from this production-based family, Richard had an innate understanding of market niches that people who come from working-class families simply do not, simply by exposure. See, Richard grew up with his father and his uncles and his, you know, all of his relatives working in the Schlitz family and all of their related businesses. Because this is a huge money-making family. It is not just Schlitz that was underneath the Uline name. Uh, now, it was working underneath one of his uncles that Richard initially got the idea as well as the startup capital to uh, begin his packaging company, Uline. Colin, that face makes me think like you have a thing to say. Do you know how the, the Uline family got a hold of the Schlitz company? No, that I didn't look into. Um, is, that, is that something that I should have I should have taken an extra look on? The founder decided to return to joseph schlitz mm -hmm. decided to return to his homeland on the ss schiller i'm reading from wikipedia while returning home the ship hit a rock near the isle of sicily of of silly uh and sank killing schlitz and 334 others his body was never recovered um honoring wow krug's wishes uh was that his first name no. His first uh, name was Krug Schlitz? No, it was Joseph Schlitz. Anna Maria Krug, uh, ah. her nephew was August Uline. Mm. So he he was the Uline, he got, he married in to be the Uline's uncle. Yeah. And they're saying, here's, honoring Krug's wishes, Schlitz had written it in his own will that he also wanted the Uline brothers to run the brewery when he died. Management was promptly passed to the four Uline brothers, uh, and when Anna Maria Krug Schil uh, Schlitz died in 1887, the Ulines acquired complete ownership of the firm. Uh, and the Uline family. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, uh, this seems like a conspiracy to me. I'm smelling a conspiracy here. Um, I don't think they killed him, but I don't think that will was real. I do oh, okay. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna say this. Unless somebody can produce this, I will assume the Ulines forged a document to steal a beer company from their uncle <laughs> they're not the rightful heirs to the schlitz beer fortune in which case i should get it <laughs> you know what? you're just as qualified as anyone else i'm might. more qualified than a bunch of fucking krauts who who's better at drinking beer and enjoying themselves one unemployed polack or four underage krauts you said drinking beer and enjoying themselves. Enjoy, enjoying themselves. Hmm. It's unemployed Polacks don't enjoy themselves. Oh, an unemployed Polack really enjoys himself. D let me tell you what, bud. All right, well, the next time you say I'm something I'm building a mind palace story. of only drywall. Let me tell I you. I think... <laughs> I'm sure it's very well hung. I'm out here shingling my mind palace, okay? Smoke. Smoking tur Turkish cigarettes in my mm. mind palace, ashing on the carpet. Turkish cigarettes. 
Well, uh, now, uh, back from that brief detour into the history of the Schlitz family and definitely stuff that I should have had in my notes, because that shit is interesting. It's wild. He died. This is fucking fascinating. The, it's, wow. Okay, fuck. Um, yeah, when, when Uline got founded as a company by Richard and Liz Uline, they were already married. Oh, they weren't siblings? No. Shocking. <laughs> we must keep the Uline lineage strong. That's oh, just wait till we, we wait till we look at their fucking family, man. That's why we had that meddling uncle rubbed out in the sh cruise accident. Cruise accident. Now I shall father the 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 fruit of my sister's womb and keep the U line line U line in the U. God damn it. <sighs> Now, um, the ascent of Uline as a... Oh, wait, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. They founded the company. Uh, yes, they founded the company. And uh, Richard's unique insight, by unique insight, I mean he grew up in ownership, so he understood the inherent weaknesses and strengths of being in ownership and, you know, how he can bolster not only his own family but his pockets. Um, the Uline Packaging Company began to slide very quietly and insidiously into a market niche that was not filled by any single company and still is not filled by any single company. I'm not, I'm not trying to represent Uline as having, you know, any particular, uh, they are pretty, monopoly. they don't have a monopoly, but they have a, definitely a pretty big chunk of the fucking pie. Massive chunk of the pie, especially in the Midwest, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota to a ass. lesser degree, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, all of those are serviced by uh, Uline. And these are my parents, major uh, manufacturing centers. My parents actually ordered me out of a Uline catalog. <laughs> oh, they ordered the wrong size. I know. They're like, oh, this is this one's too big. We ordered Kraut, not Polak. What's wrong? What's wrong here? He doesn't fit <sighs> in the box. You use the wrong size. In the box. There wasn't enough um, packaging peanuts. That's why I had that divot in the back of my head. Now, uh, this. <laughs> This is a very quiet niche for the Uline company to occupy. Uh, because they are not, technically speaking, a public-facing corporation, they really only service other companies, they don't necessarily fall under the same criticisms that other producing companies do as far as like quality of product and things like that. Um, you know, you don't really have people taking to Twitter to, to cry the latest batch of Uline plastic wrap. I would love no to, because love like to, sorry go ahead Tyler. as as a, a worker in a capitalist system you're not gonna like complain that the plastic wrap sucks because the company who makes it is shitty you're gonna say oh our cheap ass fucking company yep. doesn't want to pay for good plastic wrap because you're not the consumer in that situation you mm -hmm. can put the blame on the consumer yeah exactly um this quiet occupation of this niche like i previously mentioned has allowed uline to accumulate billions of dollars i would love to love see it. the donald trump tweets where he's like have you seen have you seen uline's new ppe it's garbage terrible terrible quality it's... you can't even use it and you can't even use it and the gloves the gloves they only have one size double xl huge they're too huge donnie too would big never. for me i'll tell you know why too big for me, I'll tell you that much. Trump Towers, or yeah, Trump, he probably buys it for his companies, doesn't he? Mm -mm. 
Well, what's up? Millions of dollars. Oh, he doesn't know their names. We're, oh, oh no, he doesn't need to know their names. He knows the company that poured the millions of dollars into his fucking campaign. I don't think he remembers it. I think he. I think he. He's got an aide in his ear. Donald Trump him. has a goldfish memory, uh, and the like personality of a chocolate eclair. He. He's that is only... that's one highly offensive to chocolate eclairs. But <laughs> but one of one of the things that Donald Trump is really good at is giving a disproportionate amount of praise to people who give him money being yeah. funny also and dick uline has given him a lot of money but we'll get dick to that. uline dick uline you think with a name like that <laughs> i don't know i don't know where like do you guys do you guys remember when uh when covid like first started when we were no. in when we were in quarantine and oh, you know, everything ago. was it was everything was was great was one of the greatest times of my life yeah, yeah as, we, as we previously as we previously spoke about when i was that six months i was unemployed is the most fulfilling time in my life yeah that, yeah, well, that and, was back uh, when uh, jfk it was like the you know, back in 1963 it's before only... we found out that bernard hussein sanders killed he was JFK. on the grass but anyway uh, yeah we have pictures anyway bernard um, the corsican sanders <laughs> so <laughs> Bernard Badgeman Sanders. So um, he went on television to do a public service address, and basically it was him up there with a bunch of other billionaires and him just patting them on the back, like the uh, CEO of Walmart. Oh, I remember saying, that. "Oh, this they're gonna open testing sites in every Walmart parking lot." And it's uh, yeah, name me one. Oh, uh, you didn't show me that. one. <laughs> I love. <laughs> uh that that was also the same like conference that he had mike lindell at where mike lindell <laughs> yep uh told everybody that he thought donald trump was appointed by god donald trump it, i can't do it you do it donald trump uh i i oh uh, there we go all right so uh donald trump it's a divine appointment He's going to be the best president we've had uh, since Reagan. Uh, and the thing I love most about Reagan, uh, I love the Contra. I love the Contra. They're going in. They're killing civilians. They're chopping their heads off. They're putting them on the table for dinner. That's what a go-getter does. Elliot Abrams, love that guy. Uh, and all those massacres that he supported. Uh, that one time he was questioned for half a second by Ilhan Omar and the entire liberal media clutched their pearls. What a fucking joke. Anyway, I have to go back to my ketamine pod. Yeah, I just do not have the fucking sturgeon throat required to do Mike Lindell voice. All the muscle mass in my body is right here. It's, it's right see, here. See, I, I, I can it's go the, the other way. I can, con I can constrict, but I can't expand. Yeah, I gotta expand. It's, you gotta I, yeah, expand. No. I can I can do a passable SpongeBob, but like Nah, you gotta widen. Yeah, I gotta let I, your again, I just put. do not I do not have that fucking sturgeon gun. I'm like the line five pipeline. Just shooting you know, audio oil all over the sound waves. Polluting Lake Michigan one syllable at a time. There are a lot of criticisms for the Contras, but one thing you can't call them is not job makers. One thing you can't right. call them, late for dinner. <laughs> anyway. 
All right, now the assist of Uline as a packaging company, like every other packaging company, is boring. Uh, a handful of companies here, uh, contracts there, new warehouse here. Uline, over decades, grew into a market niche that it still fills today in the Midwest. Um, now, that's not interesting fucking at all, honestly. That's not what this show is about. Uh, what is interesting to us, folks at home, is how they've decided to spend the money. <laughs> they're, now, they're buying rare artifacts from the Middle East from curious, from dubious salesmen. No, no, no. That's the other rich guy who supports white nationalism. That's, that's the um, other Midwestern family-owned Christian business? Awesome. Yeah, it's weird how many of those there are. We'll get to that at the end of it's this It's like episode, they're building though. tiny fiefs within a country for their inevitable takeover. Strange. Um... Now, Richard Uline has taken great pains in the decades that he has been a business owner to avoid unnecessary interviews and public exposure. I couldn't tell you what this man's favorite color is, what he likes for lunch, absolutely nothing on a personal level. But he but likes the green. Level, I, maybe. All the um, catalogs are green. The level to which Dick Uline has exposed himself to America on a political level is staggering. You see, despite that lack of personal familiarity, I can tell you with absolute certainty that Richard Uline is a transphobe and a homophobe, as he has monetarily supported candidates and campaigns to undermine LGBTQ equality in Wisconsin as well as America at large. I can tell you that he's against people being housed, fed, and educated, because he has consistently poured massive amounts of money into candidates and policies which prevent people from being housed, fed, and educated. Richard Uline... And his wife, Liz, who acts in tandem with Richard, not together, but in tandem, separately, but the same, they have made themselves plenty public. You just need to know where to look. And the first thing we're going to do is look at this fucking family. Oh, man, they do look monstrous, these fucking piggish crowds. It's Jesus so, Christ, look yeah, at them. It's, I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, first of all, this is an article from, again, the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is, uh, Kenosha County is where they operate as well as where they uh, spend a lot of their money, which we'll get to in a moment. Liz Uline spending right. habits are very and, interesting. And these people, these are Wisconsin people. Yeah. Uh, and they're from Milwaukee? No, I believe they're actually from just across the border in Illinois. No, they, they currently operate out of... Illinois, just across the border. They're from Kenosha County. I know that. They're much. from Ken. Okay, so uh, the reason I'm asking, right, is because yeah. depending on where you go in Wisconsin, the accents can be a little different. So they're from they're from Kenosha County. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a little closer to a Michigan accent. It's not gonna be quite as pronounced as you'd see up up north. Uh, it's gonna be also a little bit closer to a in Illinois, uh, yeah, Illinois, a bit of Chicago accent, a little bit of Chicago in there. So. This is, okay, all right, I got it. That's cool. All I'm right. ready, ready right. when you are, boss. All right, I'll give you a prompt. Um, <clears throat> now, this, this article from the Kenosha Area Business Alliance uh, is about the Uline family as they are a massive business within Kenosha County. They provide a lot of tax money for the county. Um, and, I mean, they are quoted as being a $5.8 billion family business, a huge little business, so to speak. Now, Liz Uline is the CEO of the company. She's the one who does a lot of the public-facing work. She is the one who does all the interviews. She does the employee videos. She also 
is an absolutely unhinged person. And that will be... Great. Our favorite kind of person. Yeah, no, our, our, our favorite kind of person, genuinely. Um, but just the way that she speaks about business is in such an impersonal and inhuman way. Colin, take it away. It turns out, I didn't know it, I'm a merchant. I love product. Said Liz Uline, president and chief executive officer of the company. It's weird to develop a love of corrugated boxes and shipping supplies, but I really enjoy. It's very exciting to get a product, write their copy, put it in 11 locations in North America, and so I really like the creative part. Which, oh like, I will, I will go ahead and say, you know what? Whatever you gotta do to get through your job, however you gotta, you know, however you gotta fucking position it in your head, you go for it. But like, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know that there's a lot of creativity to write and copy for a Uline catalog. Um, it, it, yes, Liz, it is weird to develop a love of corrugated boxes and shipping supplies. And it's that's exactly, you don't love that. I know you don't love that. You love the money. Um, now, they also go on to describe the different roles that this family has taken. And um, I just, I have to, Tyler and Colin, take a look at this fucking image that they are using for this article. And we're just, we're going to go, we're going to go left to right here. Um... The guy all the way on the left, the tall fella there, I believe is Steve Uline. And the guy on the left is center there in the in too much brown. That's Dick Uline. Yeah, that's Dick. And then right on the right. She was crazier yeah, um, than him. And she was she was fearless. She was fearless. She was his she queen. Was queen. And God help him. <laughs> brown pants, brown tie, bad fucking look, buddy. Brown, brown pants, brown tie, brown belt, brown shoes. Dick Dick Uline should get a big uh tattoo in cursive that says damaged on his forehead and uh i wish liz uline pushed her fucking tits up into a little cropped up that's a daddy's little monster it's steve and dick uline who are brothers by the way both look like somebody cloned ted danson broke him into pieces and then put him back together wrong in two different ways you get his chin all right well i get his nose if you get his chin it's yeah it's gross they look every gross. everyone's face doesn't seem to quite fit their head in that, the same way the one guy in the blue tie he's like a really bloated version of another actor i'm trying he's in billions he's like I don't know, he kinda, he's the one who looks the most like a real man he looks like no he here he looks like fucking uh toby leonard moore He was in uh he was in Daredevil. He was uh Kingpin's right hand man in Daredevil. He looks like if that guy started training for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his his mouth is so wide. He's so wide. He's like he, he looks he, like he's got Lindell throat. He looks like he's in the early stages of mitosis. Like he's reproducing he's splitting asexually. into another man yeah he's splitting into that's how the u-lines reproduce <laughs> they just divide because that's why those brothers look so fucking similar they're they just they budded from the same form <sighs> okay i just want to say now, this i don't know how much of the rest of this we're gonna read uh they say 
Why do none of them have pants that fit right? They, I don't, have, I don't they're, know. They're all wearing, like, either floods or, like, just way too tight in the crotch. Like, okay, the guy so in the, the guy, right, the guy, he's wearing, the guy like, an adult blue. diaper. You can see... He's you can see the, the padding, oh yeah. and he doesn't. He doesn't. He looks like he doesn't know how to stand because, like, his he, right leg is like. He probably doesn't because he's so inbred. He's like leaning against the handrail. He's, he's fucking. He's, he's FDRing it right leaning. now. Like yes, all the he's other FDR. Men, all the other guys are standing him. upright. His one leg is like he's completely hyperextended <laughs> his knee, so he's he's on his last leg literally, and you can see he's about to <laughs> and, roll and his, his ankle. And he just his has this, face, his face. His face. His face looks like okay. So you know the the pictures from the eighteen hundreds that like people have never seen what a camera is before. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like if Hieronymus Bosch uh, designed the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's <laughs> so the the dude on the the dude in the blue suit, like the full blue suit. Yeah. Because let's Toby let's be real, real here. No jacket, bad look for these guys. Um, jacket, <laughs> definitely the best. Like he's got, he's got the, he's by far the best dressed one there. He's oh, the yeah. best dressed, but that's but, definitely an off the rack men's warehouse pick. And and you know how I can tell because you can see he's so fucking f wide. He's not fat. He's wide. He's so wide. He's that a broad suit dude. does not button closed. Look at that like, shit. I, I, you, there's I no way over. he can close that suit jacket. I can't get I can't get over the dude on the right because his tie is not where it's supposed to be because his fucking gut is hanging over his pants. His gut no, no, that's the thing is that his gut is hanging over his pants, but he somehow has like sucked in his waistline. Like it's like he's no, I holding. Get it. I get it. I can. I it's, can bring my waistline in, but the gut's still there. It, yeah, it look. It, I, I, I'm sticking by it. It looks like he's rolling his ankle and in the process of falling to the ground. And that's why he has this just dead fucking shark look on his face. And this, it, this bitch... Just, oh, no. This bitch in the pants suit, I truly think she's... If anybody is reptilian, it's her. Oh, she's, she looks she, like Eileen Warnock. She does look like Eileen. She looks like... <laughs> she, no, she looks like Charlize Theron... Playing Eileen Warnos. No, 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 no. She looks like Eileen Warnos playing Charlize Theron. Theron playing Eileen Warnos. Oh my god. She looks, yeah, she looks like if you put fucking, uh... She looks like an ugly version of, uh... Oh... What? Not not Casey Anthony, the other serial killer. I was gonna say, I was gonna say that, but I didn't, I don't know. Her hair... The one whose butthole we all saw. I, Jody oh, Arias. Uh, I, I yeah, Jody Arias. Jody Arias. Uh, she kind of looks like Jody Arias, but an ugly version. Here, it's, <laughs> it's the issue here, right? And I think we should we shouldn't belittle the way a woman looks, right? That's yeah. it's sexist, misogynist. But this. Hey, if I'm calling the dudes ugly, monster, I can call her ugly too. This fucking Point. this hellkite, right? <laughs> this this absolute fucking troll. Uh, her hair is just so damaged. You can tell she doesn't take care of it. Like she's because she's a lizard. She doesn't even know what hair is. This does look like a rental. It looks like it does look like, like a rent. It looks like she's just like do me up, boss. Like I don't. At least uh, the lady in the middle, like her suit, her human suit is like seemingly well designed. Even though when you look in her eyes, it's like Satan staring back at you. Um, now there is one more line from this article I would like to read before. Before we move on, 
Um, but it's it's how uh, Liz describes her husband Richard's comp- uh, position in the company, or rather Dick, oh as he is consistently referred to uh, in this. Because as as you remember, Liz is the CEO. It's like what it's like when dudes when they when they're trying to like go out with their friends and they're like i gotta consult the boss about this one no it's like when guys call their wife mother mm. mommy no like mike pence does yeah that's horrifying that's why i'm saying no but yeah go ahead and please read how uh well they're, they're talking about uh they're talking about steve uline right and how well, steve... steve was complaining that they weren't doing enough No, Uline said brother-in-law Steve Uline brings finance expertise to the business, while Dick, her husband and the company chairman, is the one with the big picture vision who suggests new areas or markets for the company. Wait, so is Liz married to Steve or Dick? Liz is married to Dick. And Dick's the dude on the left. No, Dick's the dude in the middle, directly next okay. to Liz. Oh, 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 oh shitty. Brown, outfit. brown, yeah. brown, brown. Yeah. Oh my God! Oh, I'm sorry. Because the reason I the reason I asked because I was reading the sentence and I'm like, surely you wouldn't admit this about your own husband. Like, surely oh, she's no. talking about her her brother-in-law and not her husband like this. No, okay, sorry. I'm like, well, these people these people who I have just like talked about how like they all look like Bill Pullman from the halfway through Men in Black. Just because we've been talking about that, I completely fucking forgot that they're also psychos. Yeah. All right. Um, now, yeah. Uh, Phil Phil Hunt, executive vice president at Uline, once described Dick as the "quote unquote" pusher, the driver to keep us growing and moving forward. He described Dick as the pusher. Described yes, while, Dick as the driver, and made Liz sure that descri- Dick kept us growing and Dick kept us moving forward. While Liz chose to describe her husband thusly, "You should be here. You should be there." But he wouldn't do the work, Liz Uline said during an interview in her office. We did the work, but on our own, we wouldn't have done a lot. Because we are little busy bee workers, and we're happy where we are. What oh my the fuck? fucking god. Absolutely fucking psychotic. Psycho. Holy shit. It's First of the all... Idea of she's just like, I'm here to be subservient to my husband. It's not even that. Okay, it's not even that. Because that, like, that implies like an ideology and an intent. Here's what I think this is. Because this is, like, barely a coherent thought, let alone a coherent sentence. Like, she's losing, like, subject-verb agreement at the longer she speaks. Uh, like, she just seems barred out. She just seems like she's fucking, she's zanned out right now. And then they're like... Oh, she absolutely is. Yeah, like, yeah, that's... She's that's, got whatever she wants. They're the fucking... She's talking thing. about the creative part of writing copy. She's talking about loving corrugated boxes and loving products and calling herself a merchant yeah she's fucking zanned out i don't think i don't think this is like a deep look into her psychology i think this is just like a of course she's like a, a very wealthy uh midwesterner which means the second you can you get your hands on the heaviest grade of pharmaceuticals that your doctor will prescribe you <laughs> basically yeah so yeah exactly she's yeah she's not (laughs) she is a glassy-eyed monster uh but for other reasons as well as being an awful conservative yeah oh now enough about that particular article i get nervous on planes 
Now, um, like I said, the, the, the interesting part about how Uline made all this money isn't how they made the money. It's what they did with it. Yeah, just like Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, and, they do it the uh, way everybody does it. They fuck over their employees, they underpay them, they probably shortchange their benefits, and at every chance they cut corners, uh, except for the one place where it would count their own personal salaries. Yes, yes. Um, and it turns out they're using their money in a lot of the same ways that Hobby Lobby does, minus the purchasing of artifacts probably from terrorist groups. Um, a million percent from, from ISIS, uh, who the Israeli government works with openly. Yes. Um, also a terrorist group. Yeah, the Israeli government, yeah. Yes, the Israeli government. They are a terrorist organization. Um, yes. Now, um, one of the very interesting things that Richard uh, has decided to fund, and you'll find it very interesting indeed, Colin, that Richard's uh, political funding has really taken off after the passing of Citizens United. What? It's crazy. It's weird how that works out. Back when they're like, yeah, we'll just let... It, hey, it's not corruption if we call corruption lobbying. Yeah, uh, now... <clears throat> one of... My personal favorite things that he has poured his money into is a 1,300 website strong political disinformation campaign owned by Brian Timpany, a TV reporter turned internet entrepreneur who seeks to exploit the lack of... who seeks to exploit the lack of local news organizations. Brian Timpany, who seeks when to... local news dies. Yes. Um, this massive network of disinformation is owned by one Brian Timpany, a former TV reporter turned internet entrepreneur who is attempting to fill the niche of local news as more and more local news stations die. Now, like I said, there are over thirteen hundred different news outlets that this includes, such as the Ann Arbor Times or the Illinois Valley Times. Um, it's, it, you know, these are articles that I'm sure all of us have seen at least once. If they haven't been shared to us, they've been shared by our crazy conservative uh, relatives. And that isn't to say that this is just a conservative racket either. There are also uh, liberal websites as well. Um, you know, they are smaller networks, but they exist. <clears throat> This, this is the single largest network of its kind in America. 1,300 of these pages masquerading as no, local news while also just filling themselves up with crap that is written by the Republican Party itself, conservative establishment figures, and Republican PR firms. So what, that's like uh, 26 per state in the Union? Mm-hmm. Just about... More than enough to cover every major city. You know, and, and it's it's so interesting you're talking about, like, they're, they're you know, we talk about Uline where, um, you know, like, what, what did we say the other night on that <laughs> scrapped recording? Uh, companies, uh, organizations like this, if they're just, if, if they're not just outright committing a crime, when, when there is, like, a legitimate, quote-unquote legitimate, because most of the shit isn't, <laughs> when there is, like, a legitimate, like, premise for their business... It's either filling a niche or creating a niche, right? Yes. 
and you know creating creating the niche is obviously the way you make the most money uh but it's also super high risk whereas filling a niche that's established not very high risk but also you can't make a lot of money necessarily unless you beat everybody else or you find like a niche that nobody else really thought of right so that's how uline makes money but that's what these these news aggregators like as much as they're being used for pop propaganda and manufacturing consent and you know basically exploiting uh americans lack of media literacy or literacy period uh just like the fact that it's it's doing that right but it's also exploiting the fact that um news the idea of news or journalism as a concept uh has been completely replaced with entertainment uh over the past uh, few decades so there is this enormous hole where people used to expect news sites only get like entertainment now and so if you make it seem legitimate or make it seem like a news site then yeah, yeah. you can sell anybody because they there is no baseline anymore there is no uh collective understanding uh as much as there ever was you see the thing i'm most upset about is that um he's using his last name is the name of my favorite percussion equipment a timpani uh, a timpani is it's the best uh instrument in the whole percussion ensemble that's uh, for sure Big I, i'm upset Tyler? i'm upset that he's using the name of my favorite hearthy bar Anyway. I want you to know we got that. Oh, that's okay. That's for me. You motherfucker. It's for me. It's for me, Daddy-o. Keep the change. <laughs> now, let's let's talk about a few of the other things that uh, the Uline family... Because, again, when I say that Richard Uline throws money at something, that usually means that Liz Uline, who technically has her own fortune, uh, is throwing a similar or equivalent amount of money to now, uh, the U-Lines, uh, we'll go ahead and just start in 2016, just because we'll, we'll, we won't go even, even further than that, uh, because he jumped around from candidate to candidate. Um, he supported Ted Cruz, Roy Moore, um, you know, all of the Hello. real shitheads. Ted are Cruz you, literally ate my son. Are you a pedophile that likes wearing a cowboy hat? Dick U-Lines got cash for you. It's, and uh, by the way, he supported, he, he supported, he supported Roy Moore after everything came out about Roy Moore. Well, I mean, a lot well, of the yeah, because, did. Because, yeah. yeah, because now he's like a fucking goddamn industry baby. Yeah, because it's, and also you gotta think about it this way, right? Like, if you're gonna think about like, oh, how can conservatives, a group of people that constantly scream about child abuse and grooming from the left and from uh, gay and trans people, how could they support a pedophile? It's like, well, a lot of them are pedophiles. And yeah, the ones it's that, never been about the children. And the ones that aren't pedophiles are friends with pedophiles. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, of course, they're like, well, the real problem here is he's not raping enough of the, the non-white ones. He's not, he's not damaging children we already didn't care about. No, basically, you just gotta scream enough Christian nationalist shit, and they're like, oh, you can do whatever you want. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, any anytime there's these people who are, like, in prominent positions, especially in, like, their religions and their local communities, they're always abusing them, either by, you know, damaging people or covering up the damage that people related to them do. Like, I'm sure Dick, I'm sure Dick Uline's sons are like, 
uh, Mike Huckabee's kids and just like torturing dogs to death for fun. Or, Wouldn't be surprised. Or like Joe Biden's sons uh, smoking crack and letting, uh, you know, DuPont heirs rape their three year olds, respectively. Well, what we do know for sure is that the Uline family in the 2016 election cycle gave no less than $22 million. After the initial support of uh, Ted Cruz, Uline backed Donald Trump through about $500,000 at Trump's inauguration and an unspecified amount of money at the Great America PAC, which is a lovely super PAC that is a major supporter of Donald Trump. Um, yeah. It's, it's not it's called a bribe. Great. It's called a super PAC, Justin. It's a super PAC. It's not a bribe. It has nothing to do with giving money to them. It's about campaign donations, which are in the form of legal tender. Oh, oh, this money? This um, money isn't a bribe. This is from my pack. <laughs> now, he, he donated several hundred thousand dollars to the Republican National Committee itself. Uh, and then, indeed, from 2016 to 2018, there is another continued about half a million dollars in donations to political organizations, as well as the donations to that Brian Timpany network, um, which, again, these are not news articles. These are pay-for-play articles these are paid editorials. Do not believe them as news. I mean, as much as, I mean, we also talked about this, like, I mean, basically, when you look at most news nowadays, besides, like, a few, uh, you know, publications, and even then, it's usually only certain writers or certain stories, even, like, a lot of this stuff is already this way. You get, it's just uh, not as explicitly, like, contracted it's not mm. usually it's uh you know instead of having a client that contacts you and asks for specific things to be written about specific people and released at a certain time it's usually your editor right and then yeah. through the editor it's actually the owner of the publication so Who's speaking so yeah. there's this idea that it, you can you can wash it you can launder it a little bit to the point where it's it's a little murkier on how unethical it really is um, but it's like, why go through all that trouble? It's not like that'll get you arrested. And if you're not, no. and even if it could, it won't for these people. So why, why would you even, why would you bother keeping up this charade? I mean, that's how the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Huffington Post and all these publications that liberals especially love to cream their fucking pants over. Like, democracy dies in darkness. Don't look at our coverage of the Iraq war. Uh, like, uh, you know, these, these fucking people, this is how they, all of them work. And, you know, they, they want to have this liberal outrage over like, you're violating norms, you're violating ethics, you're violating this morality, you're violating the sacred role of the journalist within a democracy. And it's like, you've been doing the same thing. You're just lying about it. You're just yeah. fooling yourself. You're, you're a child. You're being naive. That's really it, right? Is that conservatives just, on the whole, are less precious and less naive about what they're really doing. They they're definitely a lot less pearl clutching. I mean, in different ways, but I mean, it's it's, it's for it, them. It's always it always seems like a I'm doing this because this is how I'm supposed to react publicly. But then mm -hmm. every other time you see them interact with them, they don't actually hold those values. Liberals no, no. actually hold values. Um, or they, they just don't they, act on them. Actually, they've convinced themselves that they hold values, 
and then whenever those values get them into a tough position, they manage to wriggle out. They manage to do mm. just fine, it, it turns out. Always. Uh, now, between 2018 and 2020, um, the Uline family spent over $40 million on just Wisconsin uh, Republican contributions. Um, this places them in national Republican mega donor status, such as the Koch family and the Mercers. The Koch family. Um, the Koch family. I'm not going to say their name right. Fuck them. That's, uh, they probably helped keep uh, fucking Rick Scott in office. Oh, uh, almost certainly. That fucking ham-eating psycho. Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, now, and this does not just extend to Wisconsin. They do uh, also spend a significant amount of money in other states. Uh, now, in the 2020 election cycle, the U-Lines had uh, spent another $22 million supporting Donald Trump's election. And they spent, very specifically, almost $5 million on the Tea Party Patriots, a group that has been linked to the January 6th rally. Oh, or man. riots, or in, fucking whatever you want to call it. It's, I mean, it's, I, I like to call it the, uh, the January 6th oopsie doodle, uh, where... The oopsie doopsie? Uh, yeah, where, like, a bunch of, like, uh, alco- like, barely functioning alcoholics, pillheads, and senile octogenarians, uh, accidentally committed felony. Uh, like, it's, it's really, honestly, it is such a great example of groupthink, but not in the way that, like, pretentious liberals want to say, like... Um, they were all convinced. It's like, no, it's just like, oh, the crowd's moving this way. I'm going to follow Let's the crowd. Going. It was literally just that. Like, for a lot of them, like, obviously there's, like, Nazis and fascists and psychos and instigators. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the Proud Boys or, like, the one percent or the three percenters, the Oath Keepers, you know, Stuart Rhodes and all those guys, Roger Stone. Wow, Colin, you seem to have a lot of uh... expert witness i like i said i was subpoenaed once again i'm not involved in the investigation but i am an expert witness uh <laughs> is that what they're calling it now they are i'm sometimes collab- when you when you plea out yes i'm not going to prison <laughs> i'm Anything. not going to prison uh but yeah like you see oh, like j- just like enrique tario jesus christ but like the tea party like t- like to be like and the tea party was involved makes me feel like i'm having a stroke like i feel like it feel like you know that moment when you're like in the morning you haven't quite woken up and maybe you're still a little drunk or still a little stoned and you like get out of bed and then like a second later it actually feels like your head followed you when you sat up Mm -hmm. that's how i feel it's like it's this just wave of like complete confusion and deliriousness I feel like the orb of confusion is being, like, pushed into my mind every time, like, the Tea Party... Because, like, why did the Tea Party form? Why did the Tea Party exist? Um, because there was a massive recession, where it's yeah, clear... because of conservative delusion. Not even... And, and honestly, not even that. Like, there was a big racial component, obviously. Like, oh, we can't have a black guy in the White House. Like, that, and they, oh, let's burn Obama in effigy for hanging from a noose. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, no, that, that couldn't possibly have any meaning. But, like, a huge part of the reason that the Tea Party was extant and was so effective was because they, the government did what conservatives said they would, and they bailed out the banks and didn't help anybody. And the conservatives got to be like, wow, 
You prove that we're right. Look, uh, we said that Barack Obama was like the Clintons, and he's in bed with Wall Street. And then he's like, I'm in bed with Wall Street. Fuck. <laughs> and no way. Like so, like as much as the Tea Party are repugnant, evil monsters, ostensibly they support those things. And then you can see also, like we were saying, that they, you know, conservatives hold values, but only publicly and only in that moment. You see, okay, then yeah, like they're involved with all these corporate donors. Like it's clearly not like that vein of like anti-finance, which is like very thinly veiled anti-Semitism a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that that anti-finance, anti-globalist perspective, um, you know, it goes away the second it's a really wealthy family giving you money. <laughs> oh, in an instant. These, I mean, these people are like Lindells, right? They're they're local business tyrants versus global finance psychos, right? Yeah, they are. They're this is this. These are uh, these are Lindells, not Bushes. You know, these are these are Trumps, not Cheneys. I would say that these are almost the the Uline family is almost the midpoint between the two. The, yeah, I mean, if they're because they're nationwide, right? So like no. They don't but they're getting there. They're okay. expanding. So they, they have almost they have more than doubled their employee base and market share in the last ten years. Yeah, I mean what they really need to do is they need to completely divest themselves of Uline as a company and just become a like consult become a firm. Once you start selling intangibles, that's really the transition point, is going from tangible to intangible. Yeah. Start speculating. Put your money on the stock market. There's nothing bad going to happen in the next nothing could ever couple of years go wrong at most. That. Yeah, no, earliest never. probably this fucking winter. We'll see. Jesus. Merry Christmas. <sighs> All right. Well, um, there uh, there really isn't much of a call to action on this episode. I I don't I don't have like a grand statement to make about the Uline <clears throat> family besides this. Like the Lindells, like the Ulines, like the Fords in their heyday. <laughs> there are hundreds, if not thousands, of these local business tyrants, to, to use uh, the turn of phrase that Colin used. They are everywhere. They are in your town. They are in your local, you know, your local city. They're in your county. They're everywhere. Yeah, like which family? All you gotta do is look. Which family owns the car dealerships? Which yeah. family owns the strip malls? Which family? Like, think about it that way. If you just want to, if you want to think about it purely as like a see a business, who's behind it? It's literally like that. It's like it's always real estate, or production, but less and less it's production, more and more it's real estate because that's the yeah. one thing in America that still makes money that you can actually own. So go ahead and take a look around your area. See who owns the strip malls and the golf courses and the car dealerships. You know, see what names you see again and again and again. Even if they're names you're not seeing in the news. If they're names you'd see on buildings. If they're names you see on streets. Look into that. I'll I'll tell you what. I got a call to action. Go Um, for it. Okay. Burn down the Federal Reserve. If you go to Home Depot, you can get all of the necessary equipment to build build a guillotine. No. Um, <laughs> no. No. 
This this isn't an actionable here's, threat. I mean, here's the call this to is, action. You literally called it a call to action. Here's the call to action, right? Is like all I'm saying is that you can build a guillotine from all of the things that you can find at a home. These Depot. these companies, right? These companies and the families and the oligarchs that operate them, uh, because they are local business tyrants, they usually live in the area, mm-hmm. and uh, if it's not a gated community. Um, being on the sidewalk is not an offense. And just like we've seen with Supreme Court justices and uncaring politicians, if you really want to get their attention, you protest outside their homes. So uh, people like in, in Michigan, right? We live in southeast Michigan. Uh, and the families that own everything here are uh, Dan Gilbert. Oh, God. No, nope. yeah, we're going to have to cut this family. out. We're going to we're gonna have to bleep this oh, out. Oh, why? Uh, because, Colin, if anything happens to them, then we can be held accountable I'm not for it. saying to do anything. I'm saying that the families I know. that own most of the infrastructure around here are the Gilberts, the Illiches, and, uh, evermore every day, Ishbia, right? It's, it's like the triangle of, like, southwest, northwest, southeast, right? Of these people yeah. that own large fucking swaths of our state. And they're people that aren't governed by the same laws or any laws and don't have to follow any of the rules you follow in your everyday life. And they're the people that apply the boot heel. I mean, why do you think in Detroit, when there were the George Floyd protests, uh, they were put down so quickly? It's not just because the entire state of Michigan uh, is under the jurisdiction jurisdiction of Homeland Security. Um, It's not just that. It's also because there's these wealthy families and they have a lot of assets that need to be protected, and the state steps in to do that. So in the yeah. same way that these these people like the U-Lines are funding, you know, taking food out of your kids' mouths and putting you on the street, they're also enforcing that on the opposite side. That they are pushing you out so they can muscle in. Like, these people, that's what they're doing. They're squatters. They're sitting on all of it. And the second that you're vulnerable or you're weak, they'll push you out. And they're not public officials. You can't vote them out of office. The only thing you can do is let them know that you're not going to let them do it quietly. That you're not going to let them do it silently. Um, re, uh, in the past few years, Saudi Arabia, they've been trying to build this giant fucking city in the desert called Neom. Uh, and it's, it's a dumb project. It's not going to work out. But part of it was they had to move all the people that lived there right and the saudi arabian government and their military you know as as much money and uh and localized powers they have and global powers they have they don't really have a lot of uh you know soldiers um but what they do have are guns enough to kill people that want to say no so one of the people that was being pushed off this patch of land uh whose family had lived there for generations uh, you know, he can't do anything. He can't fight the Saudi Arabian government. He's not going to not get shot to death. But he did record um, everything they did to him when they would accuse him of being, like, illiterate or uneducated in a way that made it seem like he wasn't supposed to be there. He would quote poetry. He would quote uh, lines from the Quran. Uh, he would quote, uh, you know, literature. Like, that is what's happening here is that people here are just allowing themselves to be pushed off quietly 
and to die because that's what's expected of them um don't do that quote the quran quote poetry show that you are a human fucking being and part of that is protesting part of that is you know not hurting anybody not doing anything violent but showing that you're a fucking person with dignity that you're a person with pride and that you deserve to be alive and you deserve to live where where you want to live uh you know where you can where you can raise a family like the u-lines the ishbias the illiches they suck all the fucking resources out of an area for the benefit of their family if you took a little bit of it back it wouldn't hurt them and it'd go a long way for you yeah yeah just imagine how much five thousand dollars would change your life versus five thousand dollars to these fucking psychos All right. Well, this has, once again, been Worst in the Industry. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back again next week with another episode of some other awful shit happening in this country or another. I'm doing it. I'm working on it. God help us all. I love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.